Welcome to the COVID Lexington podcast, timely conversations highlighting local community leaders and experts to keep you informed during the COVID-19 era. We plan to present insights to help you thrive and opportunities to help your neighbors and communities, all brought to you from a safe social distance from our homes across Lexington, Kentucky. Hello, Lexington. Uh, Cameron Hamilton, Trevor Nichols back again with uh, another great uh, couple guests this time. Uh, last time we highlighted uh, someone who was you know, kind of helping out our state on a statewide scale. Today, we're really excited to have a husband and wife team in Lexington that has kind of taken the charge of uh, finding a new way to help out uh, locally. So Rick and Tanya Parsons. Um, uh, Rick, maybe I'll, I'll give you a moment to just kind of give us a preview of what you guys have been working on. Sure. Um, we are, we've, we've started a group that is helping to feed um, the University of Kentucky Hospital ER department. Um, kind of the genesis was we have, we have a good friend who's um, fairly high up in the ER department. I was talking to his wife one afternoon, I guess this was a Tuesday back right when all this had started and I just asked, Hey, is there, is there anything we can do that would, um, help, help the staff? Is there, you know, what's a good idea? And she just had mentioned that occasionally she likes to take in a cookie tray or take in chicken fingers or something that the staff seemed to really like food. And it was always so, so hectic and chaotic that even just taking a few minutes to get food for them was a, was a problem. Um, so I went, went back that night and, and Tanya and I were just kind of talking through this, you know, just this idea of what, what does this look like? What can we do? And uh, instead of just dropping off a tray of cookies, um, we decided that we could get together some of our friends and maybe collectively we get, you know, 30 or 40 people put up 20 bucks each and we provide a meal um, to the staff. Like, uh, you know, a box lunch, something like that, uh, which, which seemed like a, a great idea. And I texted, uh, I don't know, 30 or 40 people and just said, hey, here, here's what we're looking to do is if this is something you're interested in, I'll, uh, I'll start a little Facebook group and just a way to organize it. And I'll let you know tomorrow um, what I figure out. So Wednesday, I talked to someone within the administrative area of the art department because other people had done similar things. And she mentioned that, you know, they needed to coordinate everything. They needed to place the order and coordinate the delivery, but that, that I could pay for it. Just that's great. I'm, that's really what I'm going to do. I'm just going to raise some money and, and we'll pay for this. And uh, if, if this goes well one time, we'll, we'll do it again. We'll do it again in a week or three days or however long it takes to raise more money. So, um, that that seemed like a great plan and that night i uh, i'd already put my 20 some friends in a facebook group uh tanya and i were working on a couple other things and i just put a message out on the facebook group like i've got this coordinated uh everyone in the group send me 20 dollars, and we'll we'll make this happen and i i didn't have quite enough people i figured out I needed about $700 at that point. I didn't have 35 in the group. So I told the 23 friends that were in there, 
um, hey, if you've got if you've got a friend you want to invite to the group, it's open. Anybody can join it. Um, you know, we need the we need the extra people to get to the to the dollar level that we needed to get to. Um, so Tanya and I were were working on a couple other things, and I looked down at the Facebook group. I don't know, 45 minutes later, and that list of people that said they would would help was already well past 35. So I had to stop and turn off the commenting because I didn't need more people donating money because I didn't have a place to, to send it at the moment. Um, so I turned off the commenting. Well, it kind of helped and it kind of didn't. I ended up more and more people were joining the group and they were just posting messages on the group. Where do I send money? How do I help? What do I do? Um, so I think when I, when I realized there were, I think 108 in the group at the time, I, I turned to Tanya and I said, holy crap, there's 108 people in this group and people really want to help. And, and it just kind of, just kind of, I don't struck a nerve. I don't know. It just, it got my attention very quickly that, Hey, we, we may have something here that is a lot bigger than what we had intended for it to be. Um, so the next day um, I was, you know, I had the money for the, for the one feeding. I was trying to line all that up. And as we've learned with, with all this COVID stuff, everything's very fluid. It happens extremely fast. And that morning UK had come out with their directive that they no longer wanted, um, they no longer wanted people to bring in food or, or do anything like that, that they had a, a couple of specific ideas, uh, a couple of different ways to donate. And that's what they preferred. And so our idea of paying for outside food was, was stopped uh, at that, at that point. So Tanya and I had already talked about, you know, what if, what if we can't do this? What's another way to help support the staff? And uh, we had a couple of ideas. One of them involved gift cards. And so I quickly answered back, well, what if we just buy gift cards? Um, instead of providing a meal, what if we do, what if we do the gift cards and we'll go get them, we'll deliver them to you. Um, however you distribute them is up to you. And so that, that quickly got approved and that's kind of where we went with it at first was, uh, was gift cards. So we would, uh, we would buy $1,500 worth of gift cards at a time. We'd buy 75 cards at $20 each from three, three set places that the, the staff had said they wanted to eat at. Um, and so we were going and buying gift cards and, and delivering those. Um, so that, that was kind of how it started. That group went, like I said, a hundred and something pretty quick. It was 200 by seven o'clock the next morning. And within a couple of days, it was 400, 500, 600. Now we're at almost 700. So it, that night, uh, you know, this is at the very beginning of all this, everyone's on edge and you just don't know how things are going to go. But that one thing, just having that group, it's so many people and it's so fast people messaging me. I've never, never met, never heard their name that they wanted to help. Um, that was, that was very reinforcing for me that there's a lot of people out there that want to do good things uh, in spite of the unknown. People just wanted to help. You know, it, and it, it, it really is an impressive. Um, I've, I've gone to the Facebook account. I'd have to admit before, I, before we were 
quarantined and kind of trapped in our house, I was more of a social media, social distancer. But looking at this Facebook page, you're exactly right. Almost 700 members um, that are in this group to feed UK hospital, emergency room, doctors and staff. Um, and from what I can tell, there's been over $13,000 uh, that have been contributed. Um, when it, it, when you started kind of telling the story about how this thing started, it, it didn't really seem from your perspective that you thought it would get this big or you'd be able to make such a big impact. Not at all. This really was, you know, I thought I can get 30 people, 40 people that I know, you know, that Tanya and I know between us, we can get 30, 40 people to donate 20 bucks each. That was the original idea. If we could do this once a week, that would be great. Um, and it just, it really took off. It, it, uh, I guess the world had a different idea of what this needed to be than just, uh, once a week, um, trying to raise 20 bucks from 35 people. So Tanya, um, from your perspective, how's, how's this all played out? Um, I'm sure you've been along for the ride and, and pleasantly surprised with a lot of the reaction that you all have been getting online. It's been amazing. Um, I think that the number of people that responded immediately was just crazy. Um, but um, I think that one of the things that struck a nerve in everyone was we had a group of people and, you know, handling the fragile, most uh, sick population and how could we ease some of what they were going through. So uh, I think that really appealed to people. Um, you, you know, something as simple as food, uh, everyone likes food, you, you know, they had to take food home to their families, whatever, whatever it was, just, it just played so well um, uh, toward getting people to get involved in, and it didn't take much, you know, no one was asking for $250, you know, $20 would matter, or, or even less, um, and I think that was just greatly uh, surprising to me that that people are that ready to give and really ready to help others. Yeah, well, there's something that's so cool about, uh, you know, the struggle that we've all been together uh, experiencing is it's, it's brought people together all behind the same goal. And uh, Trevor and I, neither of us, uh, you know, were familiar with you all two weeks ago. Uh, and now we've had several people say, you need to get in touch. Uh, with this couple uh, because they're doing something uh, that's so amazing. Do you all have any you know, kind of interesting light to shed on, you know, how this has brought strangers together? I'm involved in a couple of different networking groups and, and volunteer groups. And I mean, Rick's right. People we don't know, people that we have some association with because of a common friend, because that's how it started. Uh, you know, it's like, I feel like I know some people that I have never met. Uh, I know that I appreciate uh, generosity from people that I do know and, and how they have spawned other people to get involved because, uh, because it's just such a, a, a simple thing to do. That's, that struck me. Yeah, I think uh, when, I, when I first kind of chatted about this, you know, idea with Rick, uh, maybe about a week ago, we were just talking about, can you imagine, you know, six months ago, 
if someone put their you know Venmo account on the internet and said, "Hey, you know, will you will you help? I'm I'm good for it." Just the idea of that type of uh, cooperation and faith and unity, you know, in, in the process together was kind of uh, unthinkable, but, but it's, it's happening right before our eyes here. It's very, very special. Yeah. I, uh, I don't, we were maybe about a weekend and, and this thing was still pretty young. We're still trying to kind of figure out how does, how does this work? But to your point, you know, I've, you know, I'm, I'm on a Facebook page and I've got, all these people in the group, they don't know me at all. Maybe they know a friend of a friend, but uh, I think I was out walking one day about a weekend and, and I got, uh, I had to finally turn off the, I get a text when I get a Venmo contribution or when I get a Venmo, I, I had to turn off the chomp because it just kept going off and off and off. So uh, I was out walking and I looked down at my phone and I had a message and someone, someone that I'd never heard of in my life sent a thousand dollars for this thing. Uh, and I immediately called Tanya and was like, do you know this person? Because it just the idea that you're right, that, that someone would randomly send uh, or send to a random person a thousand dollars for a cause, uh, that it exhibited a great deal of trust from them. And I know that there are people within that group sending money that in the back of their mind, they're not completely sure that, that this thing is legit. Um, and we've, but you know, between Tanya and I, um, kind of the accounting analytical brains that we are, we, we kind of thought through that, that, hey, we need to make this, uh, we need to be as upfront and, and transparent about all this as we possibly can be um, without it getting complicated or confusing. Because we want people that do donate to be completely reassured that every dollar of this is going to that specific thing. It's not going for anything else. Um, so we, we try to do these accounting updates, you know, she's, she's in there doing that, you know, just about every day and, and looking at the PayPal and Venmo accounts and checks that come in and trying to just keep all that together. You know, when we, when we do buy food and, you know, that comes off the top. So we, we try to be as transparent as we can on that Facebook group, fully well knowing that, that there are people that are, are seeing that going that there's just no way um, people, you know, in general are skeptical of, of something new. And I would totally understand that. So part of this is just trying to ease those fears um, that what they're donating to is really going to, to exactly that. So we're, you know, I'm posting receipts and now pictures of, of recipients, both the gift cards and the food. We're trying to, trying to be as transparent as possible. Right. And I think, I think people are, uh, you know, in, impressed with what you've done. And I'd say that's probably the very vast majority is people that, you know, see, see the impact you're making. Uh, so I, w I wouldn't worry about, uh, you know, whatever, whatever small minority is, is on the other side of that. Uh, one thing that I think is cool is you all see the, the massive amount of need all over our town, like we all do, but you kind of decided I'm going to plant my flag in this one specific area and and do the most we can to to take care of it so how did that kind of come about or what thoughts do you have on uh you know i think you said you know i have my tiny little corner that i'm taking care of i think the big thing is that we know that if you spread yourself too thin you don't do a good job at anything um so uh, we've had people give us wonderful suggestions about oh we should do this over here. I mean, even just repeat it with another 
hospitals ER. And we're like, that would be wonderful. Go do that. You know, uh, we just don't, we, we just want to do the one spot well and, and not lose control over making sure that um, uh, the people that we feed, it's not getting out, um, you know, out of control, like something that costs too much money or, or something that we couldn't raise uh, uh, the awareness to um, actually make a difference. So I think that was very intentional. I know it was intentional. Um, and partly just because we know how things get when people have really good ideas and then you try to do too many or more than one at one time. Yeah, we talked to some people who were working with the Lee Initiative and they're feeding restaurant workers. And one of their kind of mantras was be leaner so we can run longer because uh, they wanted to you know, focus on something very finite that they can keep going uh, sustainably. So do you all have any thoughts on, on how long you're interested in keeping this going? We do. Uh, I think that uh, these are people that need to be appreciated all the time. Uh, we are in some simple uh, sandwich ministries are on, have been for years. I don't really see this coming to an end. I, I see uh, maybe not as frequent, uh, you know, because of the number of patients that they might be seeing and they, you know, they're, they're too busy to actually get food on their own. But uh, these are people that are everyday heroes and, and I believe we need to continue to show them our support and, and appreciation. Right, right. Yeah, one thing I've learned through this process uh, you know, this, this is specifically UKZR and I, I don't, I don't know staffing wise what other hospitals look like, but I didn't realize until this, that if you count all the ER employees at UK across all, all four possible shifts. So there's weekday day, weekday night, weekend day, weekend night, counting, um, good Samaritan that UK owns, uh, you know, we're, we're feeding between, you know, 80 and a hundred people and that could happen four times a week and you've only touched a person once. So you're looking at, you're looking at probably, you know, 300 to 340 people in a week. If, if you fed everybody one time in a week and you very quickly realize that that's, that's a pretty big number, you know, that, that takes quite a bit of, quite a bit of fundraising and but you know person one is as valuable as person 340 um, especially right now it's uh it was never just you know take care of the the 30 doctors it was you know what can we do to help the whole staff everybody that's involved in that process because i think in that environment you know the person that's coming in and, and sanitizing a room after a potential COVID patients been in there, they're just as valuable as anybody else in that department um, in terms of what we're trying to get accomplished. So it, it's a, a massive undertaking, uh, potentially, what you're looking at. But, but she's right. We want to keep this going for longer than just another month or two or three or however long it takes to, to, to get over the really hard part. Right. Um. You, you mentioned that at the start of our talk today that the idea arose from uh, a friend of yours uh, who works at the 
you, it works at UK Hospital, but it seems from our previous conversations that um, that's not your only connection or affiliation with UK, and there might be a bit more to the, to the fact that you've dedicated this to the UK Hospital. Could you um, explain a little bit more about that? Um, well, we're, we've been very connected with the university, um, both of us, um, personally, I guess, I don't, I don't know so much professionally, but on a personal level, we both, we've both been very active in a lot of different organizations at UK. Um, myself, you know, I, I do a lot with UK athletics we, we attend about every sporting event there is. A uh, decent amount of work with the UK Alumni Association. Um, I've been I've been a Lexington resident my whole life, so obviously UK as a whole is just is just critical to to my existence. And just so much good has come out of that university that we try to try to give back as much as we possibly can. And luckily, we do have a, a little bit of a personal connection at the ER, and that was that just seemed like a really logical place to start. I'll let Tanya speak on, you know, as to what she does with UK. Cause it's, you know, my stuff pales in comparison to what, to what she does with the university uh, and the organizations that she's involved with. Um, that, that all, that all bleeds over in, into me. And, you know, we, we try to do a lot together and um, help the university wherever we can. So so for me, uh, I graduated from UK uh, with a math degree and um, have never worked for UK, but have volunteered from day one with the UK Alumni Association. Uh, I've been involved with them for a lot of years on different um, officers and board positions for clubs uh, here in town and <clears throat> on a national level. Uh, I'm also involved in the University of Kentucky Women in Philanthropy Group which is a whole nother discussion of wonderful support for UK students. Uh, for me, I'm not originally from uh, Lexington, I'm from Owensboro, but when I came to Lexington, UK was my community. And I think that even though I've lived in Lexington ever since then, UK is still my community. So anyway, I can support the university, it supports uh, Lexington and the Commonwealth. So I'm completely committed to uh, anything that I can do for UK. Tanya, I think I'm a lot like you in that UK is, is definitely my community. Um, a lot different in that there's no way I could have survived with a math degree. But uh, the university and, and the degrees I've gotten here have, have really made me attached to Lexington and has encouraged me uh, to also want to give back. Um, for people who might be down the road uh, at another university or have community ties to um, where their passions are, what advice would, would you all offer to, to someone in a similar circumstance who wants to have a targeted uh, plan or campaign or has a small affiliation with a university or hospital that wants to do something like you guys have been able to do with feeding UK hospitals? I would say, you know, if it clear if you're networked in and you and you you have somebody that is directly in an area that that's the place to start. Um, I think what what happened with this, and I got this feedback pretty early on. We had we had some people that said, you know, 
they, they checked a lot of the boxes of, of reasons that they can't really leave their house. But they, they said, we want to help. We just don't know. We just don't know how to do it. And so this gave them a platform for doing that. I would say if it's just somebody kind of brand new and looking to do something like that, um, yeah, I know with UK, they have, they have a, a specific person you can call um, for any kind of assistance kind of thing that you want to do that they're, they're a great place to start just to, just to tell you, this is, this is where your dollars and help can be the most beneficial. Um, Tanya, you may have another thought. Well, I think if you're looking at another university or college that you should definitely start with their alumni, uh, you know, their alumni group, because, uh, every college has ties within the college. So the easiest way to get involved with any uh, university or college is through their alumni group. Um, the other thing I would say is that if you are uh, wanting to start, uh, it has to be something that, that compels to you. So chances are you are already probably affiliated with someone. And I would just go and listen to what they feel is needed. Lots of times you want to do something and, and that's not what they need. So I think it's important to have conversations with people to ask them how you can help them, not what might make you feel better um, because it may not be aligned. So what's, what's some feedback um, that you've gotten um, both of you, whenever you're going to UK hospital and you have in your bank account $2,000 to go buy some gift cards and, and drop off some, uh, something for chicken fingers or something like that. Um, what have you heard as far as feedback from the people that, that this group is targeted to help? I think, I think the, yeah, we're I think both talk. I know because we do this originally. I mean, it it was a no brainer to try to also incorporate using local businesses who provide local jobs, and um, that was an easy link to do. Uh, I also think that was a big thing with all the people who were giving uh, their dollars. They all had local business owner friends or use you know, certain caterers or stuff. So early on, people were very upfront with, hey, don't forget to use this person or don't forget to do this. And, and that has always been something we tried to do. Even when, um, even when we, you know, we we're asked what restaurants, um, something that seems like it might be a franchise or a chain, um, you know, has local owners. Very few franchises are owned by, you know, the corporate entity. So uh, even just um, things, something like a Chick-fil-A uh, is owned by a local person. So it was very easy to uh, start supporting people who were keeping people employed in um, Lexington and also were uh, small business local caterers. I think just the Facebook group, I just think seeing the comments there, that, that that's a pretty good sampling of the feedback. Uh, Obviously, not being able to directly interact with people, you know, we don't see people out at all. So pretty much all the feedback has been by text message or by post to that Facebook group. Um, you know, we've we've had, you know, parents of people that work in the hospital talk about 
how appreciative they are. Um, the the doctor that I'm working with has sent me, you know, plenty of pictures and plenty of feedback. Just that they appreciate it so much, and it's you know, you you give someone a sandwich and it doesn't seem like that much, but just the gesture alone that this is from a group of a whole bunch of different people that they've ne you've never met them that you know there, there's no connection at all but they want to help you help other people and so the feedback really predominantly has just been it's just created a sense of community uh which as awful as all this is hopefully on the back end that is the part that sticks you know the virus eventually will go away or uh, dissipate enough we learn to live with it but that sense of community that's getting created through things like this and it was never intended to turn into something like this but um, you hear stories all over the country now of people you know forming groups to feed people and help other people out that maybe this is going to reinforce to all of us that that's that's what we need to do um you know we're we're put here to help other people um and unfortunately maybe it took something like this to get us to that point but feedback from what I'm, everything i've gotten has just been just been remarkable um just everyone's so appreciative on both ends yeah i think that's that's a really good kind of thought to 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 close up with is just the the amount of community um, that's been created right here, um, you know, and uh, you know, just kind of the the trust that everyone has has put together, kind of sh through the shared uh, tough times that that uh, we're we're living through, and you know, I think we're all realizing, you know, some of the things we took for granted previously that we appreciate more now. Do you have kind of a, a highlight or a best takeaway, Tanya? You know, again, for me, it was just the pure, sure number of people that wanted to get involved. That is still the highlight for me. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, we sure appreciate you all. Uh, you know, you have your day jobs that you work with helping business owners in Lexington. And this has kind of become probably not even just a side gig, a whole, a whole second uh, career that you started over this short period of time. So we appreciate you all taking charge uh, cutting out one little slice of Lexington and saying we're going to really do our best to help here. I think you've created such a great example uh, for people across town who might be interested in, uh, you know, getting motivated to to help our neighbors. So we appreciate you all and we appreciate your time today. Thanks for having us on. That's exactly right. And and thank you, Rick and Tanya. If you're listening and interested on um, making uh, this side job a little bit more difficult for Rick and Tanya, uh, please go visit the Facebook page and watch it grow. You can find it on Facebook at Seed UK Hospital ER, um, and you'll see the stories that they've referenced and the uh, Lexington community really putting themselves uh, to good work. Thanks again for the Parsons for joining us today and also for the great work they're doing in Lexington. Such a great example uh, for anyone who is interested in helping out their community even you know starting small they they proved that you know just starting with a, a passion and some resolve can turn into something special another special group we have in town is our nonprofit highlight this week which is god's pantry food bank god's pantry serves 50 counties in central and eastern kentucky 
in partnership with over 400 uh, food pantries and meal programs. We're joined by Misty Beard, their community education and communications manager. Stephanie interviewed her, so go ahead and take it away, Stephanie. Hi, everyone. This is Stephanie Little again. Today, I have Misty Beard from God's Pantry with me. Misty is the community engagement and communications manager. So, Misty, thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. So much. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. So first, I just want to give you a chance to tell us a little bit about God's Pantry and your mission. Yeah, so God's Pantry Food Bank is the food bank that serves Central and Eastern Kentucky. So I always just describe it as kind of east of I-75 all the way to the West Virginia, Virginia border area. Um, and we've been around, this is actually our 65th year of existence. And so uh, we had some pretty big plans for this year and they've been a little bit taken over. Um, but we started just from one woman in Lexington who saw hunger and decided she wanted to do something. And her name was Mim Hunt. And she started handing cans of food out of her station wagon and then collecting food in her garage. And 65 years later, we serve 50 counties and yearly distribute um, about a little over 40 million pounds of food a year and serve. Um, the last estimate we have is probably a little over 200,000 people every year in just our service area. Wow. That's amazing. What an amazing backstory. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, we we really this year have been highlighting. I think we always do is just what the power of one person can do because it's very easy to see everything happening in the world and be like, well, I'm just one person. I can't do anything. But there was one person who saw hunger and she I mean, it grew into this and almost every food bank kind of has a similar story about one person who saw something happening and was like, we've got to do something. Yeah, that's amazing. And that's such a good point that the power of just one person, if one person can start this and have this legacy now, then yeah. any one of us right now in this time can make a difference. Absolutely. So how has God's Pantry been impacted by this COVID-19 um, virus that we have going on right now? Yeah, so what we have seen is just an increase in need. A lot of people are experiencing hunger for potentially the first time they ever have. Um, in Lexington and in our entire service area, um, I can use Lexington because I do have some pretty good numbers for here, but we still run, we started running the pantries here in Lexington and that's something we'll never get away from. So we run four pantries here in Fayette County. Um, typically before about five weeks ago when the pandemic kind of really hit this area was, we were seeing about 500 people per week. That includes like families. Um, right now we're seeing over a thousand per week. So we have seen wow. people here in Fayette County. Um, in other places in our service area, it's just as high. One um, of our pantries let us know they saw three times as many people um, on a Friday service. And it's a lot of people for the first time just not sure what to do. Um, and that's, that's really humbling. It's really made me change like how I see messaging and how we just make sure people know that that's why we're here. This, this is the reason why we're here. There is no shame in needing help. Um, and that's why we're here is to feed people. Yeah, that's, I assumed that you probably were having higher numbers, but I never would have guessed it was quite that high. That's really um, a, a, a little shocking. It's, it's understandable, but it's, it's a lot of people that need help. And I hope people um, know that this is a difficult and challenging time that none of us could have anticipated. And I'm so glad that you guys are still 
open and available and serving the public. I think it's really important during this time. Yeah, we and we see it as something that is vital. We can't close down. We knew we were going to be an essential service um, from the beginning. And so we, as an organization and our leadership, um, made the necessary changes, whether it's office staff working from home, putting in protocols um, at our pantries. A lot of our pantries are run by volunteers who most of the time are 65 and older. Uh, so we really needed to change how our pantries were running. Our pantries are smaller. We do um, informal operations. We call it client choice. Um, when people are having to go to a pantry, they're already losing some choice in their life. And we wanna make sure they have choices in what they eat. So they go through and it looks like a shopping store. Um, it looks like a store shelf. And they get to choose the food that's on the shelf that they take home with them. Um, we can't do that right now. With social distancing, um, we need to keep everybody safe. So we're having to do pre-poxed um, emergency food boxes. So pretty much everybody gets the same thing. We saw frozen meat and produce and things like that we give out. Um, but the canned goods, like that's probably one of the biggest changes we've made. Um, we're now doing distributions if we can outside so that nobody has to come in the building so that we can keep uh, distance in between volunteers, um, wiping down everything, cleaning everything. Just changes like that, that have forced us to change, but we knew it was the biggest thing to keep everyone safe. Yeah, that makes absolute sense. And how is it working with volunteers right now? If somebody wanted to come volunteer, are you all accepting volunteers? And how, what would that look like if somebody wanted to come help you guys out? Yeah, so it's a little bit different. Our pantries are pretty well staffed right now with people that um, kind of came in at the beginning and said, hey, let me step in and help. And we knew the people that weren't going to be able to because the risk was too high. And we respected that and we appreciated that. Um, we want everyone to stay as safe as possible. So currently our pantries, I believe, are pretty well um, supported right now. Um, we have had to halt volunteer operations at our food bank. Um, at Within the food bank, we used to have um, shifts every Tuesday and every Saturday. Um, they've been closed. Right now they're closed through the beginning of May and we're going to kind of see what the protocols are then um, to move forward just to keep everyone safe. And um, we're kind of collecting lists of people that want to volunteer because there have been a big outreach of people wanting to. We just need to keep everyone safe as possible. The other thing is we know once um, we start lifting restrictions slowly, we're going to need people. We're going to need people to help us. Um, that's going to help us either transport food or rescue food and do things like that because we know that's coming. And so we've just been collecting. Um, if you go to our website, godspantry.org, there's a get involved tab and a volunteer tab. And we have some instructions on there on how to either sign up for the pool or sign up for open shifts or reach out to one of our volunteer coordinators. Oh, that's great to know. So if anybody is interested or wants to help, even though right now it's a little bit different and you definitely yeah. can't have people, you know, in there and too close and that to me makes complete sense and is definitely the safest option. Um, if people are interested and want to help out when we can and when some of the restrictions are lifted and when it's safe to do so, um, they can go out to your website and it sounds like there's mm -hmm. some information on there for how they can help in the future and how they can receive information uh, when you guys are ready for that help. That's yes, great. Yes. So if somebody in either the Lexington area or any of the surrounding counties that you all serve does find themselves in a situation mm -hmm. where maybe they need food or they need a meal, what is the best way to kind of get started and to come get help from you all? Yeah, so we wanted to make it as easy as possible during this time. And so one of the things is when you go to our website, 
you will see a big pop-up box that says give help, or give now or find help. And if you go to the find help tab, um, it gives a little bit of instructions if you live in Fayette County or if you live outside of Fayette County, um, since it's kind of two different processes. So I'll go through Fayette County first. That's kind of the easiest. Um, since we do run the pantry system here, one of the things we ask for is for an appointment. And there is an intake line called, and the number is 859-259-2308. And calling that number, you'll just talk to a volunteer that's answering the phones and they'll get you an appointment at one of our pantries. And the reason we ask for an appointment is because like I said, we need to keep everyone safe. Um, so we can't really do open distributions. Too many people at one spot is just not safe um, with social distancing. And we also need to make sure we have enough food on hand. Um, the pantries that we run are a little bit smaller. And so we need to make sure we have enough food for everyone that's coming that day. Um, right now, appointments are not filling up every day. We have plenty of appointment spots available. So we call that line, give an appointment. Um, you go to one of our pantries and get food, and that's how it works. It's very, very simple. Um, outside of Fayette County, we always recommend people go to that same spot on our website. It's the Find Help tab. And if you click on the county you live in, it'll download like an Excel sheet or pop up on your phone. And that's all of our partner agencies that live or that work inside your community. Has phone numbers. Um, you can call them. We don't have the hours listed because actually during this time, a lot of people have changed their hours. So um, if you call, they'll give you kind of, hey, this is when you can come. And that includes um, shelters, soup kitchens, pantries, a lot of different um, avenues for help. Yeah, so it sounds like the website is probably the best place to go. It's got the most like centralized information of like where to go, depending on where you live, where to get help. And then, of course, mm -hmm. that um, phone number that you gave, if they are having trouble getting online or can't figure it out, they can call that yeah. number. Yes, yes. And that number is on the website. Um, we do ask everyone in Fayette County to call that number and they'll make the appointment because um, they have what's open and everything on through our system. Um, and they'll ask just a little bit of information and things like that. Perfect. So my last question for you today and probably the most important question is if people in the Lexington community want to help you all, what, what do you all need right now and what can we do to help God's pantry? Um, yeah, and first, I think the biggest thing I would say is just thank you. We have seen an outpouring of support from this community. We've seen an outpouring of support um, from people outside of this community that might have a media market here or something like that and organizations that have just stepped up. Um, and you'll see a lot of big donations that go through Feeding America. Those trickle down to us. They really, really do and help. Um, currently, probably the biggest need is financial donations just because, like I said, we're not having volunteers at our warehouse, so we can't really do food sort. Um, thankfully, thankfully, we've had the National Guard for the past couple weeks, and they've been helping us with food sort and packing those emergency boxes and things like that, so that has been wonderful. Um, the other thing with the food sort is, at the very beginning, we weren't really sure how the virus transferred, so we didn't know, and it turns out it could live on some things for two days, it seemed, and so we were like, we don't really want people touching food that we don't know where it's been. Um, so we're actually going to start ramping up our donations, food sort donations and food donations soon, but currently it is financially. You can give, like I said, our website, that box pops up to give now or find help. Um, so far in the past five weeks, these numbers were last week's, so I haven't seen this week's, um, we've purchased $800,000 worth of food to distribute oh, wow. area. Um, that was above what we'd already budgeted for. And so um, financial is the best. We're purchasing food by the tractor trailer loads because um, we know that's what we'll need for a service area and to get it here by that. Uh, so financially seems to be 
the best way to help right now. Um, if you really want to volunteer, like I said, sign up for that volunteer pool. We'll be sending out things as we know that's coming. Um, as restrictions will start being lifted, we'll hopefully get back to, I won't say normal operations, but different operations that we're in right now. Um, one of our programs that I kind of have started highlighting again, um, once restaurants start to open back up, one of our programs is we rescued food from restaurants and we use volunteers to help pick up that food. That program's pretty much gone away during this whole time with restaurants really not ordering as much food, not having food or being closed. Um, so we wanna make sure that we are supporting them and helping them as they start to open back up um, and doing what we can. And so that is another way. And then, like I said, probably in the next four weeks, we'll start ramping up asking for food drives. And not just here in Fayette County, one of our process is to keep food given in a county in a county. So if you live in Fayette County, that food's gonna go to our Fayette County Pantry program. If you live in a different county, if you go to our website, like I said, just like you were gonna find help, find one of those pantries in our service area because the, um, the food will stay in your community. It'll feed people in your community. And our CEO says this often, I used to laugh when he said it, and it's so true though, that hunger is not solved within the food bank, it's solved within the community. Like we can't right. in those four walls. And we can't do it by ourselves. We're 60 something employees for 50 counties. So we could not do it without community support. That's wonderful. And I love that you all had that program with restaurants that you were rescuing extra food. That's so smart and so innovative in those restaurants. You know, they don't want to waste that food and what a great way to use it. So once that's up and running again, I think that's a wonderful program. And I also love that you all, the food that's donated in the county stays in the county. I think that gives mm -hmm. people a feeling of like, I want to, you know, I want to help my neighbors. Yeah. I want to help the people that I see and that live in my community. And it's a great way to feel like, oh, I'm giving to this and it's staying in the community. And even though maybe right this second, there's not food drives, it sounds like maybe that's coming soon. So everybody mm -hmm. keep an eye out for that. that yeah. I'm sure they can check the website and social media and you yeah. guys will let people know if that's up and running again. Yeah, we'll all, I mean, we'll always accept food. We're not going to say, oh, no, we're not doing food drives right now. It's just not going to be used right away. Uh, typically, during normal time, if people donated food. That food, most of the time, ended up on someone's plate within two weeks. Um, that's warehouse, because of the amount of food that we're distributing, our warehouse um, turns inventory really, really quick. And so that was just a slight difference that right now that food, since we were pre-boxing food, it might not go out right away. Um, but we will need that. Like I said, we're purchasing food by tractor trailer loads. So that's like a tractor trailer load of corn and green beans. Not everybody likes corn and green beans. So food drives add a lot of variation to what we're able to give people. And we want to get back to that when it's safe. And so we will need that kind of support as well. Um, and the other thing about volunteering, when you said food stays in a county, we love having people come to our Fayette County whip or our warehouse. It's big. I would tell people it looks like a Costco um, with the way our shelving is, and it really puts into perspective what the food bank is. But if you're in another county, I can guarantee that your pantries and soup kitchens in that area will need support as well. Um, most of our pantries and soup kitchens are run by older volunteers and we would love to see people get involved with them as well. And it's, we have a, we work with over 400 food pantries and meal programs in our service area. So there is a ton of people doing amazing work. Yeah, that's fantastic. I feel like what you guys are doing is so important and no matter, you know, what weird, unusual, crazy times we're going right. through, it's so important that, 
um, people be fed and people know that they have the opportunity to get this help if they need it. And I appreciate so much what you guys are doing. And I know the community appreciates it. Um, so if anybody can help during this time, um, thank you for going through all those different ways and even the ways um, they can volunteer and help as things start slowly kind of getting a little bit safer and back to normal. Um, I appreciate what you guys are doing so much. Yeah, thank Absolutely. you so much. Like I said, it, it really is a community organization and we couldn't do what we do without the help of people. Absolutely, that's, that's so true and such a good point. Well, that is everything I had on uh, my question list for you today. Um, thank you to everybody at God's Pantry for what you guys are doing and for helping everybody during this time. Um, I want to direct everybody back to your website if you need help or if you can give help. Um, either way, make sure to go out there and check it out and follow you guys on social media. And otherwise, I hope you um, stay healthy and stay safe.